welcome to another edition of the Unicorns Podcast. This is a podcast series featuring business leaders, motivators, innovators, and general go-getters. And today on the Unicorns, we're featuring NDIS SaaS platform Bridge. It lists on the ASX next Thursday and becomes a public company. The code will be BGE. Bridge connects providers of government-funded disability and social programs, streamlining compliance and organisational tasks. It currently supports more than 1 million participant records in employment services and is expanding into NDIS services. It's aiming to slash some of the inefficiencies that have been undermining the scheme by linking the sector's fractured 17,000 providers and ensuring recipients get better value for money. The NDIS forecasts almost 860,000 Australians will be using the scheme by 2030. Bridge is led by Jamie Cunningham, and I'm pleased to say he joins me now. G'day, Jamie. Welcome to the program. Hey, Justin. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's get started. Tell, tell us about how and why Bridge began. Right. So it was founded by a guy called Rupert Taylor Price. So he, he's our current chair as well. Um, basically, he saw like a, an issue where um, employment service providers were being undercated in terms of technology. Um, <clears throat> so he just, um, he decided, he was actually working at one of these employment service providers. Uh-huh. And uh, he left there and, and started um, Bridge and, and built the technology to, to make their, their whole like um, operational footprint easier. So, um, you know, employment service providers, their whole goal is to get people jobs, right? So there was a lot of inefficiencies that he saw um, in the whole process of, you know, finding people jobs, dealing with the government, all this sort of thing. So he built Bridge. And so Bridge, like, you know, simplifies and automates the day-to-day tasks for, for staff at these employment service providers. And it, mm-hmm. links, it links these employment service providers um, to the government through like APIs and stuff like that through. So it just automated the whole thing. So yeah, so he left that, started Bridge and that was in 2008. And then, um, you know, gradually got more and more market share. And um, and then more recently, we we decided that the, uh, you know, about three, three years ago now, actually, we decided that the product can be used for other, um, yes. other providers. Mm. Uh, and the growth area that we saw was um, like care providers and hence NDIS. And, and so and so when did when did you come on board when did you start getting involved Jamie yeah so I got involved um, I started like December 2019 mm-hmm. um, and so what happened was like um, Rupert had, had since left the business um, and he had another CEO in and um, that CEO ran it for a while and um, the board decided that they they wanted you know the business to grow. And so they employed me with a, a growth mandate. Um, mm. So that was what I, that's what my remit was like, you know, just grow this business. You know, and I've grown, I've grown a lot of um, startups in the past and stuff like that. So I know how to grow stuff. And so that's, that's basically what I said about doing um, and hence like the, um, the capital raise and the listing is, is part of that growth. Um, so, you know, 
I, I came on to grow it. And this is the first part of that is building this foundation of, you know, having it, having it listed, having the capital in the company and, and um, you know, having the resources to grow it. Because we met first met a few years ago when you were running Tappet. Yeah, that's right. So that that um, I, I sold that to, or we sold it to Geronimo, um, mm. another marketing agency. But yeah, um, yeah, Tappet was good. Like I, I enjoyed Tappet. Um, I guess the difference between Tappet and Bridge is that um, one, I wasn't a, a co-founder of it, but also two, like Tappet was like emerging technology, whereas yes. whereas Bridge is like proven with revenue streams. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really like instead of like a, a breaking into a, a new market, you know, the need for the the product is there now. Um, so that's, that's a big difference that I've noticed. So instead of convincing someone that, you know, this is new technology that everyone's going to want, which is yes. the case of Tappet, this one is like, well, this demand is there right now. It's you, there. Yeah, if you yes. can add out on AdWords like we've done, in, you know, in test marketing campaigns even before the product was finished, um, you can see the demand, like you get inbound leads straight away, mm. um, which is pretty exciting. So so yeah. that's that's the big difference. It's like you're making for something for like a need in the market right now, not like a future need. And that's what, that's what Bridge is. And so how does the technology work, Jamie? So basically like the, um, if you can imagine like a um, NDIS provider or an employment services provider, if you can imagine like the staff come into work, the first thing they do is they log into Bridge. Right, so it's like the the day to day operational um, software for the provider. So they they log into Bridge, um, they'll see all of their participants that they have to care for, or mm-hmm. the employment service providers find jobs for, and it, you know it's it's a um, a secure system. So it's getting all of these records of these people from the government, you know, into into your um, accessible from your your laptop or your your desktop, right? So you, you've got this like pipe, and hence that's where the name bridge came from, a, a bridge from the provider to the government. So someone comes into work, they log on to bridge, they start doing all the tasks, all the tasks are laid out for them. You've got all the history of each participant or each person you're trying to find a job for. You do things like you claim money from the government in the case of NDIS, like you've, you've done some care for um, someone provided some services to someone, you claim that back from the government through Bridge um, employment services, you know, you, you get to certain milestones, like, you know, you, you've, you've got a job for someone and they've been in employment for a certain amount of time, then you'll make a claim back to the government for that. So the, the connectivity to the government is really important with these things. There's a lot of compliance involved in both employment services and NDIS and aged care for that matter, like all of these government programs compliance heavy and they sort of, they sort of bog down the, the providers quite a lot in admin right so you know it, they're, they're like really needing like a system that reduces that admin overhead otherwise they spend all their time on government portals loading up excel files trying to get their money back from the government like their claims and so forth and it becomes quite a mess so the the um the need for systems that have all of this compliance that makes them um, compliant to these government contracts that they've done with the government, you know, it's, it's essential stuff. They just need it to be able to operate. Hmm. So who, in your in your mind, who uses it and who would you like to use it? Well, so, so at the moment, like, a, you know, I'm trying to grow employment services as well as NDIS providers. 
as clients. So, you know, we're already quite established in employment services, but I'd still like to grow that area in revenue. There's more opportunity yes. there. So it's, it's, um, it's providers that are um, running government contracts, such as one of them is called Workforce Australia, another one is called um, Disability Employment Services, and there's about another 12 employment services contracts that, that providers have with the government. So all of those providers, there's, there's about 150 of them out there. So it's quite a small niche market, but we'd like some more of those. So that's one part of our growth. Um, but then the real growth is in NDIS um, because there's 17,000 providers in NDIS. So you can mm. see the difference, 150, where Bridges like, you know, got a um, strong market presence and you know, built up a strong platform, moving into another market, an adjacent market of 17,000 providers. So the, the potential um, revenue growth for us is, is pretty substantial, right? And, and I'd describe it as like, well, I've, I've used this term a bit, it's it's like the zero for NDIS, and what yes, I mean, okay. What yep. I mean, what I mean for, by that is that it's like um, you know how like there's lots of small businesses that use zero. There's lots of, of small providers that need a system as well. So it's it's, it's very similar um, to that. So it's this this concept of SaaS um, in volume. So it's it's like you're writing the code once and you're selling it many times. Um, that's that's the whole objective here. So. It's got to be, you've got to, you've got to have volume. And the reason for that is um, the the margins the margins are high, but the, the cost per um, participant is quite low. And a lot of these, these um, smaller businesses, um, they don't have that many participants. So, you know, you're only making like a you know, few hundred dollars off them a month, for example. So you need to do a lot of volume of those um, to make substantial revenue. And so to do the lots of volume, you have to have a system that's that's like zero, which is easy to buy and then easy for the um, the providers to use. So there's a lot of providers in that 17,000 that are just like, you know, small businesses like you know, mum and dad type businesses or five yes. businesses, these sort of things. They're using Excel or, their, or Word or, you know, these sort of things or paper. It's and paper. Mm. Yeah. So, it's, so it's, they, they need something to bring it all together. They, they're spending a lot of time on admin, you know, getting their claims from, from NDIS, you know, through the, the government portal, which is Proda. Mm. Um, it's taking potentially up to like a day a week in their admin time, some of these small businesses. So they just need something that, that makes all that easier, does their claims, records it all properly, makes them compliant, um, and it's like affordable. But, you know, the, the really important thing um, is this like ease of use, so the UX UI is really important. That's a that's a, that's a bit that we're going to be spending use of funds on, making making the um, the product more intuitive for someone who has no tech knowledge, like just or basic tech knowledge, so that they can just like you know plug and play. They can put their credit card in, you know, get the license for the software, start using it straight away, log in, and it has to be intuitive, so they can just you know put their participant details in there. Um, mm-hmm. And automatically start getting stuff from the government and putting their claims to the government. Speaking of, speaking of the government, have you had any support from the federal government in relation to Bridge? Well, yeah, we deal with the federal government all the time. So we have our own um, contract with you know the, for the employment services side of things with Desi. I've got our own our own deed there. We also deal with um, NDIS. We've got an arrangement there as well. So we have we have constant contact, mainly with their security teams. Um, because we're, you know, we're taking information and, and 
you know, into Bridge and then putting information from Bridge to the government. So it, it's really important to have security. So we've got like one of the um, the most secure systems um, because we've been developing over, um, you know, since 2008. It's not like some little um, startup that hasn't got all its systems and, and stuff in order. So the federal government is quite strict in the employment services area. So we go through like, um, you know, IRAP assessment, all that, all that sort of stuff um, where they... Um, audit your systems um, to make sure that they're, they're the right level of security um, in order to handle private citizen data. Um, so it's okay. really important to yeah. us. And and the other big one is we run on um, we run on a platform called Vault, um, which is a sovereign platform, and um, that that's a really big USP for us because other people run on like platforms like you know. Uh, you know, Amazon or Azure mm. or stuff like that. And uh-huh. while and while like they've got um, systems that are based in Australia, at the end of their de- end of the day, they're American owned, right? So th- so there's something in that like Australian owned versus American owned. So we think that it's more secure having an Australian owned cloud hosting um, provider. You know who's I agree. Yeah, yes. I, I just think it is. Like no matter what anyone says, at the end of the day, like you know, your your US government's going to have jurisdiction over those companies at an HQ level. So you often hear with the NDIS about issues with costs blowing out. You, you read it all the time. So yeah. can Bridge, can your tech help with all of that? Oh, for sure. So like, I mean, but we do it at a, a different level. Like we're not dealing at like the, you know, the major helping the NDIS level, like with government, we're dealing at like the helping the provider level. But what happens is if you if you're helping the provider get more efficient, we spoke about these seventeen thousand providers. If you if you get a chunk of those providers using Bridge and you're making them more efficient, then by default the whole of the NDIS system becomes more efficient, right? So mm. because like and what I mean by that is because like say you're saving like a, a provider, I don't know, call it like 30 percent of their time is saved that they were spending on admin, for example. Um, if you did that in volume with lots and lots of providers, it means that you've cut down the admin in the NDIS system by 20 yes. to 30%, right? And if you do that, what, what that equals, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you, that um, you know, NDIS is spending um, less money, but what it does mean is that the providers are able to provide more of their services back to the community. And so what that means is like, you know, instead of doing admin, um, they're out there providing care services. Which is where you want them to be. Well, yeah, right. You don't want them to be doing admin. So so that answers your question there. It's like, yeah, you, you become, you make the whole system more efficient by making the providers more efficient. Tell me about Martin Hoffman's involvement with the business. Yeah, so he doesn't start until um, uh, the beginning of November. Um, mm-hmm. But he's coming on as a, um, as a non-executive director. And how did he hear about the opportunity? Well, He's, um, he was connected to uh, the founder, Rupert Taylor-Price. Um, and so I think they were just chatting and, um, and Rupert mentioned that there's a, um, you know, a, a board position opening and that we're, we're floating and told, told him about like what we do and what, what problems we're trying to solve. And obviously he was, he was really excited like because he, he saw things at a you know, much um, bigger level. Um, but you know he doesn't want to. He wouldn't want to waste that knowledge that he's gained by being CEO of NDIS. You know, I imagine, like if I was in his shoes, like I'd, I'd want to like um, use that knowledge to continue helping NDIS. Like after I left there, so I think that's mm. that's the interest from him. The interest from us is 
obvious. Like we we want to know like where the 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 pain points in NDIS are, like for sure. And like like asking someone who's who's seen all of the the different areas of NDIS, you know, what their opinion is of, of things like where the biggest areas of improvement are, like from a provider level, that's invaluable to us. Like from a product knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, so what that, that means to us is a potential to accelerate um, benefits to providers, like efficiencies to, to providers through through putting different features into the bridge product. Yes. What's the journey been like, Jamie, to, to try to get listed? I imagine from from making that decision, hey, we should be a public company to actually you're about you're about to to hit the public boards next week. Give us some insights into that. What's what's it been like? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like if it, for those listeners who've already like done it, they already know, but those who haven't, um, I guess it's a pretty long process. I wouldn't say it's like a, a mentally hard process. Like you don't have to be super smart or anything like that. It's just like a a, a long a long process with yes. lots and lots of dependencies and milestones along the way. So if you think about um, the amount of dependencies, it's not like you can just do five things and then you're floated five big things. <laughs> We're done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not like five big milestones you're done. It's like there's hundreds of dependencies. So it can't go to the next step until this is signed until, you know, you've got shareholder approval on that. It can't go to the, the next one until you've got like, um, director sign off on on this that and so forth like ten different things in a circular resolution uh. at once and um, there's all that that sort of um, side of it but then there's also like the um, you know the, the full audit process you know if if you're not an audited company then you need to get yourself in shape to um, to be auditable if that makes sense so all the yes. systems and processes yep. that that um, go along with that. So that's massive in itself. Um, and then you also need to like start having, you know, various advisors and stuff. So you end up with like about, um, you know, 10, 10 different sort of stakeholders and you know, advisors, you got um, DDC, due diligence um, committees running all the time, um, various action points from that. Um, and plus, you know, all the legal and that sort of thing, finding brokers. And, and then after you do all of that and everything's in shape, you actually have to get the money <laughs> which is the yes it's <laughs> the hard is, bit yeah that's that's the hardest bit um and um we we did it in a really hard market actually so yes um it's 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 a real testament to the um to the product i think to bridge and what we're trying to do like you know actually improve society a, a bit by like using taxpayers money more effectively and getting care to the um to the people um, in, a, in a better way, like we're really helping with that. So I think people have seen that and they've seen like, you know, it's kind of cyclical. There's a huge amount of money, um, you know, huge government budget going into NDIS and then into aged care. Like, you know, they're around the $30 billion mark each um, in terms of government funds going into them. So the huge programs, it's counter cyclical like that. Um, so I think versus other tech stocks where, um, you know, their discretionary spend, you know, for example, like a Netflix or something like that, sort of discretionary spend, ours is sort of essential tech. And yes, it's kind of cyclical it is. Because the, the end pot of money is the government and the government's not about to to um, stop, like, trying to find people jobs or um, help people with disability. It's just not going to happen, right? So it's a, yes. it's a bit mm. defensive like that, which I think um, helped us a lot. And also our, our brokers did a really good job as well. So 
we we um, we structured the deal um, so that you know everyone's incentivized and all that sort of thing. And so um, you know it wasn't easy for them um, in this market. Like a lot of brokers won't even touch tech at the moment. So it's it's, pr- it's pretty rare. Like I think we're one of the tech the only tech companies to float at the moment. So I think you're um, right. And and Jamie, why why did you decide to take the company, well, you and others, to take the company public? Why why go on the ASX? We just felt like for um, what we wanted to do, like growing the company, it was the best um, way to do it. So in terms of like, well, one there's there's credibility for being on the ASX with customers. That that's that's one of thing. Course. For helping yes. the sales thing. The, you know, the main reason was for to get the capital in for growth capital to um, to expand into NDIS more aggressively. And then I guess the third thing is that um, being on the public markets, you've got a different access to capital than you do in, in um, private land. So like in private land, you, you're talking to high net worths or family offices or VCs as your only source of growth capital. So, you know, being listed, you've got a, a different level of um, access to, to capital. It's like it's easier than, than when you're private. So that's the third reason as well. And you, you touched on it um, a little bit before briefly. What are you planning to use the funds for? Yeah, so the funds are, if you, if you think back to when I was talking about like the, the zero analogy um, and that software, it's very easy to use and it's easy to buy. It's intuitive. Now, to get to that level, you need to uh, spend money on things like um, user experience and the user interface, like what you see and, and you know, how it is to use, how easy it is, how many how many clicks it is to um, to do a claim with the government? How many, you know, can you give the system to someone off the street and they can quickly like work out what to do? These sort of things cost money, so that's a big um, part of the the use of funds. It's like making it easy to use and easy to buy, um, and also like you know, there's constant like new features that you need. You you might have like um, a number of customers asking for one um, particular feature that we don't have, um, so you may you may need to improve existing features or build new features into the product. Software's, software never ends. You're always doing things with software. But, mm. um, you know, in order to increase sales, you may need certain features. So that's that's a, a lot of the use of funds. And then the other part is like sales and marketing, really. So it's, you know, it's about um, letting letting providers know about Bridge. You know, through yeah, Google. we're here. That's yeah. what we can do. Yeah, yeah, like Google AdWords, that sort of stuff, spend on EDMs. You know all the usual sort of things to make it work. Um, you know you need salespeople. You need um, you know to go to the bigger providers. You need um, customer success. You know various um, tech positions. The usual sort of thing. But it, but at the top line, it's it's about sales marketing and um, UX UI. So you're operating in Australia. Do you have any plans? Are there plans at all to enter new markets, new areas, new geographies? Yeah, there's no there's no um, concrete plans yet, but, but what, I'll, what I'll say is like we're open to it, and um, what will happen is like I was talking about with the easy to use, easy to buy sort of SaaS model. What happens when it's really easy to buy, and you're just putting your credit card details in, and you can start using it, and it's not a big investment for you. Like say for yes. example, you, you want to try some product out, you've, you've probably done it yourself many times. It's only like thirty, fifty bucks um, experiment per month or something like that. Once you get to that stage where it's on the market like that, then you're not restricted by geography. So um, anyone on the internet could just buy your product and try it out. 
And so mm. what happens then um, is you might get people in unexpected locations um, using the product. So say, for example, we saw people in the UK um, starting to buy Bridge, you know, online, like, you know, and we see it in numbers and then we do like a, um, just say we did an ad campaign because we saw some sales in the UK. We do an ad campaign there and we see more sales. Then that's that starts building a picture of like, well, maybe we should do something in the UK. Maybe we should like set up offices there. So they're the sort of um, signals you would get. And that's how that, the signals would come in. You'd start seeing like sales from um, countries that you weren't anticipating. So it's more like the, for us to do anything internationally, it would be more driven from the customers at the moment. So next Thursday is the big day. Are you are you nervous? Are you excited? Are you anxious? What what are you feeling? I'm pretty excited to be honest. Yeah, no, I, think it's good. <laughs> I, I think I think it's um, yeah, it's a tough it's a tough market, right? But you mm. know, every everybody needs tech. So like I think when um, these sort of things blow up, like the macro conditions and all that sort of thing, like people just realise like you need tech in the same same way as you need food. You know what I mean? Like it's just essential these days. Not as essential as food, obviously, but you know, it's so essential for business these days. Tech's not going anywhere, so you know, I'm, I'm confident that the markets will will come back um, in tech's favour. Like it's we've seen it before, we'll see it again. You know, markets go through these sort of things, so I'm not I'm not too worried about that sort of stuff. So I'm really excited, but um, yeah, I'm also relieved to finish the process because it. You know, it took like about twelve months or something. So yeah, yeah. Um, so so it's good to um, turn my focus onto um, sales, marketing, and product. You know, just growing the business instead of spending so much time on on just the IP paperwork. Yeah, yes. some paperwork, right? Like I'd like to be spending more time on the business as mm. well. Um, yeah. So so, so that'll be that'll be good fun for me. Like to start like you know proving the growth and showing the growth. I really enjoy that. So, you know, now that I've got this foundation, the next cab off the rank is, is is showing the growth story for me. Best of luck with the listing next week, Jamie. We wish you well and all the very best. We'll, uh, we'll be tracking your progress with much interest and sending good vibes your way. <laughs> good luck and thanks, thanks for coming onto the show. Yeah, thanks very much, Justin. Thanks for having me.